0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.
1: This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Precious Jones lost her son, Preston, to gun violence in 2022. While grieving Preston's death and seeking answers from the police, Precious attended a town hall on gun violence. The folks who sat on the panel for that public conversation did not include members of her community, an oversight and choice that left her feeling disappointed and excluded. She thinks there should be significantly more community involvement in efforts that take up issues like crime and violence. The closest person
0: to the solution is the closest person to the problem. So with these panels, you need to include people that's actually experienced violence, gun violence. You need to include youth that's actually either committing these things or that has experience, you know, because these are the the people that's gonna give you your answers. Where are the families, where are the mothers? Um, I feel as though they have two separate types of panels. You have that type of panel where there's only elected officials and people in high positions that will only and always be at that panel. You will never see a kid at that panel. You will never see a mother sitting on that panel.
1: STLPR reporter Lucretia Wimbley recently reported on this and spoke with Precious Jones and she joins us now to talk about it. Lucretia, welcome, and thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Lane, thanks for having me. So let's take it back to sort of the the headlines that people were seeing and it has to do with record setting lows in homicides. Can you unpack that? What does that mean? you know and when and where was it happening?
0: For sure. Well, you know, it's no secret that the St. Louis region, which is including um, the county and the city um, and parts of the region that crosses over into Illinois, um, uh, this just means that, <laughs> you know, uh, it's no secret that um, violence has been running rampant in this region, uh, namely homicides. Um, St. Louis has been known as a hot spot for homicides. Um, um, even before the pandemic, um, but especially um right before and after the pandemic. Um but we saw numbers fluctuating, um, not just here in St. Louis, but nationally. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, so that that's pretty much what that's getting at as far as like how like the region being like a hot spot. Like that's not a secret at this point. Um yeah, what was the other part of the yeah. question? Sorry. Here. So I mean
1: insofar as where these numbers were um were' being counted lower. Um, you know, the why is there, certainly because of what what perceptions have existed, as well as what what raw numbers are are showing to us. But what was it about the way public officials were talking about it that bothered folks like Precious Jones? For sure. So at the town hall that you that you mentioned already,
0: um, it happened at the beginning of January. The pretty much um, the city hosted a town hall uh, where p- uh, public safety officials like uh, city police chief um, uh, Robert um, Robert Tracy yeah Robert Tracy was here. Um, uh, governor uh, not governor but circuit attorney Gabe Gore was present. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Board of Alder. Um, and um, President Megan Green were there um, and pretty much uh, they were highlighting a lot of the the positives that have happened since Mayor Jones took office back in April 2021 Mm -hmm. Um, and at this particular town hall um, uh, community members like you said were not happy. Um, They felt that um, police or public safety officials are making excuses and that that public uh, officials not just public safety officials but they go through the, the motions of the paying lip service is what people would call it mm-hmm. and just um, you know shaking people's hands smiling in people's faces as precious would you know put it um, but then after that meeting um, maybe following up once or twice even but a lot of community residents say that that's not good enough yeah. they pretty much call it are calling it an act mm-hmm. and are pretty much calling police and our, you know, the city and the region's public officials, calling them on, on their BS.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you were at this public meeting then. Mm-hmm. What was the general, the sort of atmosphere there? Because you have, it sounds like, those who are the, the officials, the the faces that we're used to seeing in media. And then when we say community members, it's very specific to community members who've had a certain kind of experience, Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Um, so I can describe uh, what the environment was like that day. Yeah. Um, I don't think, and this is just my own observation right. uh, from when I was there in the room, but it doesn't. I, I don't think that um, officials were prepared <laughs> for the the outcome. Oh. Uh, the amount of people that showed up from the community was was so much so that uh, the they had a separate overflow room set up. In that room overflowed (laughs) right the overflow room overflowed and so there was not even enough room for people in the overflow room and on top of that in the overflow room there was technical issues that they were having with the screens and screens were going off and coming back on which was frustrating people that had to be in the overflow room and so um uh, from the start from the time that the town hall started it was it was pretty quiet but as the rooms packed in packed you know it got It got pretty packed and it was pretty noisy, especially in the overflow rooms where people were complaining about the technology.
1: And why do you think so many people
0: showed up? Um, Just from what I've been hearing people say, pretty much people people, um, are tired of police and public safety officials just giving them words Mm -hmm. and not enough action, pretty much. Um, And like we were talking about the crime trends being at a decade... Uh, being at the lowest they've been in a decade um, you know a lot of police and public safety officials I mean even the mayor you know has gone on record and pretty much um, crediting the drop in crime trends and homicides um, to police giving them the credit pretty much um, and so a lot of people were upset and and voiced their concern and um, uh, you know perspective about their their how they perceive that being an issue yeah um, pretty much. They're saying police can't. <laughs> police can't take all the credit here. Yeah. There's a lot, and we've I've talked to experts too, who, who say that that's just not um, a responsible thing to do. To do to excuse do me. Yeah. yeah.
1: And what is it that that these folks are telling you? The community members, community advocates, and even with some of the insights you've gotten from experts, what is it they they say that they want or that they deserve, and what are the changes specifically that they have mentioned? toward getting to a place where like public safety also takes them into account more.
0: Sure, so I spoke with some of the the advocates over at the Art City Defenders, um, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much um, they're they're running a whole campaign that they've been running for a few years now. Um, Re envision um, or reimagine policing is pretty mm-hmm. much the theme of it. I'm not going to butcher yeah. the title, but that's pretty much the theme of what they're doing. And their whole their whole um, their whole premise is. Um, uh, the defunding police, meaning like not putting so much of the city budget towards police. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, <laughs> I believe over half of the city budget is going towards police police funding, all things police. And so people at the uh, members from the Art City Defenders definitely feel like that's a major problem. So that's one example. It's like, where are we putting out? Where's the city putting its money? Um, You know, um, So that's something that needs to change. Another thing that people have complained about is, for example, I can give an example of something I heard the night of the town hall. Um, The fact that it was so packed, it was also not only packed with community members, but police were heavy in the building. And some some community residents complained about that. Um, <laughs> um, they expressed that they understood why police would be there because the chief was in the building. Um, but uh, people like Precious did say that, you know, she felt like um, they were doing so much to try to pr- protect Chief Tracy that that and even an act in, of that, <laughs> even doing that, you know, yeah. having such heavy police presence, excuse me, um could come off as like a cold shoulder to the public like okay we're here we're showing up for you in, in person to hear what you have to say to to partner with you you know as a community but we're going to make sure we protect ourselves from you too. Okay. And so that was interesting.
1: So it's like a a bit of demonstrating what the blue line is yeah. without focusing more on community engagement and lines of communication. Right. In and that way. That was definitely
0: something that I heard from yeah. not just Precious but another person too.
1: And how is it that public officials have responded since that public, you know, town hall, and in response maybe to the the piece that you've put out?
0: Yeah. So I personally haven't heard from police um, outside of my reporting and Mm -hmm. having to communicate with them for the sake of the reporting. But from as far as like how they responded to community, um, I did hear from Precious and she said that um, after the town hall, she heard from someone within the department. Um, It wasn't Chief Tracy himself. Um, Precious did say that she was pleased and happy to hear from someone, um, but she was very skeptical that it would go beyond even that follow up call Mm -hmm. and that it was just them you know, doing their due diligence, Yeah. you know, because she was one of the people that was very vocal at night in the room.
1: What was it that she told you, what Precious Jones told you about her own experience that reflects some of what you have covered in Mm -hmm. other places? So I'm bringing this up partly because, I mean, being new to to St. Louis, Mm -hmm. coming from elsewhere, but also covering similar issues, things are, some things are unique, And yet others are also reflective of things that happen elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. So one thing I can say that has trended, uh, I spent six and a half years living in Pittsburgh (laughs) and covering um, police out there. And then I spent a year in Denver, Colorado. um, And that was a short time, but it still was enough time for me to to at least see a trend. And one trend that I do see even, um, you know, that compounded with my short time here in St. Louis is the fact that people feel like police aren't listening. Um, they feel, and that's something that really stood out to me. That seemed to be the foundation of, or, or to be at the heart of a lot of what Precious had to say. She was hurt. Um, a lot of what she had to describe about the day that her son Preston, um, that he was killed on um, the day of her going to the scene and police were there and her uh, other sons were there and it was, you know, just a lot going on, obviously, and the emotions were high. Um, she says that she felt very disrespected by police. And like I said, she, she was just one of many from the women and the mothers and even just other family members in general that I've talked to, um, in other places who feel like police aren't listening or, or police coming to come into situations or these scenes, um, with, um, prejudice mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much, um,
1: Did you get the sense, though, I mean, she is showing up to these meetings. She must be looking to something positive. What is the positive, just in this last few seconds, what is the positive thing that she is looking for? Um, I think that she's
0: looking for authenticity. Um, I think that generally speaking here as human beings, we can tell when someone's being authentic <laughs> with us. And so I share that just to say that that's the sense that I get from Precious in, my, in the time that I've spent with her so far, is that she's just looking for them to to really be authentic, mm-hmm. um, to be a little bit more compassionate, um, to, actually, to actually follow up with the families or to be aware of how they treat people that are grieving um, at the scenes of these crimes. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs>
1: Lucretia Wimbley is a reporter here at St. Louis Public Radio. You can read her story, Violence Hits the Heart of St. Louis Residents. Some say police aren't doing enough on our website, stlpr.org. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, Elaine. This episode was produced
0: by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group.
1: Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.